It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the podcast as we recap the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament and look ahead to the Sweet 16 and beyond. I'm Richard Skinner from Local12.com, along with Chad Brendel of Bearcat Journal and Rick Boring of Musketeer Report. Um, we've got a lot to talk about from a coach's wife who went berserk to poor officiating at different times in this tournament to maybe some coaching openings. Uh, we'll look at the Sweet 16 and maybe try to uh, try to re- regroup after our we, bracket we, got busted we, badly. We, we didn't do well. Well, let, let me just I'll start with this. We're going to obviously talk about UC's uh, setback and what the future holds for them. Uh, certainly for Xavier still alive, Kentucky still being alive, a valiant effort from Northern Kentucky University and more. Um, but, but here's what we had in the Sweet 16. Um, we did this as a consensus the other day. Uh, I, I really – I was about to crow to you guys when Middle Tennessee – uh, I, I really thought I really thought that was the right pick. They look like they might be heading to the Sweet 16, and yeah, not so much. But they did win a game. All right, so this was this was our Sweet 16 of consensus picks, and certainly we we didn't agree on all this. We'll start in the East, where we had Villanova going to the Sweet 16. No, nope. but, but but who didn't? Ugh. But who didn't? I mean, honestly, unless you're just a I mean, who Wisconsin did, Homer who How? didn't have Nova and Duke in the Elite Eight? Though. Right. Well, and uh, that's the thing that sucks now is. The ma- this bracket fell apart so terribly badly. It, it, it's the basketball is just going to suck. Yeah. Um, now we did have Florida. And that was that was more of a Rick pick than it was our pick. So I'm going to give Rick some credit there. SMU, which if the bracket, I mean, if the, if if SMU had done what we thought, and, and if honestly, they beat USC. They're in the Sweet Sixteen. I think they are too. And maybe the Final Four. Exactly. And that and that, that but it, but it is what it is. So they're out. So we had them. We had Duke. It was going to be hard to make any case for South. We didn't even have South Carolina win in the first game because we didn't like them offensively. I, I will say, and there are two games in the tournament. Offensively, they've hold been on. Better. Were, we, been were better. you guys just talking about SMU a second ago? Yes. When you just said that. Yes. Jesus Christ, you're still going on that bandwagon? No, I'm I, saying I, that I'm with Baylor him. wasn't good. I mean, they, USC had a chance. What to do you take call SMU Baylor? then? They weren't good that day. They oh, weren't good that day. Okay. I mean, it just it, you know how that stuff goes. Um, I will say South Carolina because we had Marquette. We we didn't think South Carolina could score enough, and some of the first round game against Marquette was because Marquette is just godforsaken awful defensively. Where did South Carolina learn to score? That's what I don't I, honestly. I don't They're know. A juggernaut all of I mean, a they they average what. Probably close to eighty they in the two games. The second half against Duke, they scored sixty-five points. Yeah, I'm sorry. So they scored eighty. What did they score against Marquette? Eighty ninety-three 90, points. Okay. And, so, and for I, the record, that's that's on Wojo one hundred percent. So they're averaging actually. I'm sorry, I, I did my math wrong. They're averaging ninety point five in yeah. the tournament for a team that they barely scored sixty-five. I know that's in crazy. The second half against Duke, they didn't miss anything. They did not, um, and Duke was was not very good. So that that bracket, we do have one alive. We got four in the Sweet Sixteen, and that Rick had to talk us and, into and that. Rick did have to talk. Us we into didn't that. want them. All right, in the in the West, we had Gonzaga. Uh, we did have Notre Dame, and I, and I get you know. West Virginia is just so hard to predict. Yeah. They they made shots against Notre Dame that were some of them were absurd. I mean, some of them were just so stinking deep that it's like tip my cap, good for you. Because really, I didn't think the press really bothered Notre Dame that much. Well, he did a couple of times. Well, it, that, but that was the difference in the game. They I don't know what the final was in points off turnovers, but points and turnovers was the difference in that game. If you go look at it, if you take care of the ball, you won't lose this West but, Virginia team. But, but I team. thought West Virginia in the half court See, was better. That, that's they the were better. It yeah. wasn't the press. The, the full court pressure, but it was the residual, like once they got into the half court, Notre Dame never really got settled. Right. 
They they threw some passes in the half court that were what the hell was that? Avicim could not make it. He couldn't throw no. one of the ocean. It was one of the worst shooting performances ever. So we did have Notre Dame. We had Florida State beating Xavier. Um, good for X. And we're obviously going to talk about them in depth here in just a little bit. And we did have Arizona. So we we have our final four team from that bracket still alive in Arizona, and it's still it still could very much happen. Um, the the one region that that kind of held serve to some, in fact, to some degree, uh, was the Midwest where Kansas still alive. We had them. We had Purdue. Um, and that was kicking and screaming against you and I because I think we both liked Iowa State, but obviously Purdue was the that right was a selection. Great game. Uh, we had Oregon and Rhode Island had them beat and uh, gagged it away down the stretch. And yeah. we and we did have Louisville. Brendel deserves some props for Rhode Island. He's been riding that train yeah. all year, even after it became looking like this is getting a little ridiculous. And they did finally respond. For Once the they got healthy, they were a lot better. And I'll be, I mean, again, they had Oregon beat. They yeah. had them beat if they can defensive rebound four the ball with two minutes left. Right. And, and well, they had the one possession where they had three different yeah. three point shots and finally made one to, to tie it. And the way that bracket busted, I, I, I'd give them a puncher's chance against Michigan if they had advanced. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They would have had a chance against Michigan. So we had three of the four there, and we had three of the four in the, in the south. We had Kentucky. Um, yeah, we had Kentucky and UCLA on the bottom portion. On the top portion, we had North Carolina. We're going to talk about how uh, Arkansas got robbed. And we did, and this was more me kicking and screaming. I, I tried to talk into Middle Tennessee, and I, I admit I was wrong, although I thought they got a couple of bad whistles at the end of the Butler game as well. You know, Butler, North Carolina is fascinating too because it again it goes back to Butler can lose to any team in the country or right. beat any right. team in the country and they could beat North Carolina. This is the ultimate Butler game Absolutely. Right here because it doesn't make any sense but you could totally see yeah. this happening. Yeah, no, I I, I mean they 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 play I don't want to say play the level of competition but they do just the way they play um they've got a shot. There's no question hey, about it. This is the game where Shrabis goes off for yeah. like 17 with eight assists. <laughs> well, he was, I, he was great against Middle. I mean every time they need a bucket he 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 was Of course they, he great. looks like all of them. Yeah, he does. Rick's best moment of the tournament was Virginia scoring 39 points and going home. They had 28 with, what, five minutes to go? They had, they had a late surge to e- almost get the 40. Easiest pro- how, at, how at this point, if you're a team looking for a new coach, could you be excited about them setting their sights on Tony Bennett? How about, Honestly, how no, could you be excited? You know what, the, t- Tony Bennett is a good fit for, for, for Virginia. He really sure, truly because is. He's always about, going yeah, to be talent. About, They're always going to be right. relevant. But if you're a big-time program like in Indiana or something, I agree with and you. they decided to set their sights on and Tony Bennett. And I like Bennett, him, too. I, I, I like a, a lot, lot of things about A lot of people about, do, and I understand but I'm why. With you. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's really good at what he does, but but this style is clearly not conducive to winning in the tournament. It's very obvious. My uh, my daughter was out somewhere, and she like she's getting into it finally. Yeah. She's like starting to catch on at six years old. To, knows like, who's who, or knows it. And um, she she told me the story like three times. Daddy, there was this game last night, and it was forty to seventeen. <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not wrong. It was at one point. It was forty. It to was seven. the daddy. It was the, it was forty. They they only had seventeen points, daddy. It's funny she said that because I think the first time I was I was busy doing stuff, I looked up and they have you know the score box forty to seventeen. Top, and I was I was actually far enough away from the TV where I blinked twice and looked and went that that's not right. And I had to walk up to the TV. And, Holy cow! It is forty to seventeen in an industry where egos run rampant. It's amazing that. Bennett just has no pride. That he's willing to look up at C-17 at halftime on the scoreboard, and he's, he can do that again. He's We're not good. like, we need to change everything. <laughs> well, we are done with this. And he's had more talented teams than this, but the style of play, you're right. It, it has killed them in the tournament. It has absolutely killed them in the tournament. 
And I like defense, but you got to put the ball in the basket at some point. Because the other thing they don't do out do defensively is they get no live ball turnovers to get. They don't create. No, no, it's, it's just pack, pack line, pack line, pack right. line. They don't, they don't create de- or, Excuse me. They don't create offense out of defense. So I mean, if you're not if you're gonna have a hard time scoring in the half court or, or what you do, you better find a way to create some points. Yeah, I mean, like unless the, you're gonna play games in the 30s and have no shot clock. They're great at grinding it out night after night in a tough conference. Like it is, Correct. it is a style that's conducive to winning over the course of a season, season. Without right. question, you're gonna be in every game. But when you get to the end of the season where everyone's playing their best or theoretically everyone's playing their best and there's only good teams left playing within a, a winner winner go home scenario that's what you get and the other teams have three playmakers that, that can make plays against your defense yeah, i mean right. that, and that's what it comes down to uh so let's start with uh with uc it's the freshest game and uh we'll, we'll get to xavier and then kentucky and talk some nku and we got a lot to get to on this podcast um rick and i both thought it was a bad matchup and for for a half i thought uc played it perfectly i mean the eight turnovers were troubling but still up 33 30 pace of play was great for them i mean it was and ucla never it never felt like the first half they ever Ever got into any sort of rhythm they wanted to get into, and then quite frankly, as well as as Jaron Cumberland played, I thought the three that he took uh, at about the twelve minute mark, Chad, yep. um, that back rimmed it. it got, I think it got balled. Ball hit a transition. Is that the transition three that ball hit? I believe. Yeah, it was the second one, the pull up. Yeah, right. Correct. No, no. Yeah, I thought that was the first. The, the first was the step back. You're right. And then the, then the, and then then the, pull, then it the was, pull up. It was three possessions, skinny. And 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 I I'll, I said this on Twitter last night. I've I've never seen a team where UC shot 50% in the first half and had complete control of the game. Tempo-wise, absolutely. Tempo, because they were making shots. They were able to set their defense. They had complete control of the game. They shot 40% in the second half, and that 10% was the difference. Was the difference. No doubt. What happened? uh, And UCLA started making some shots. Yeah, they did. Um, So UCLA comes out, the, the start of each half, scorching you know, moving the ball, looking like they look. I thought UC controlled it really well in the first half. They responded to it. And the second half, they started to. Um, they got on – Evans takes it right at TJ Leaf, yep. gets the third foul, yep. makes it 45-44. They get a stop. Copain is coming down the lane, and instead of going for two, kicks it to Kevin Johnson for a three. If Johnson makes it, they're up four. He misses. Ball makes a three. The Cumberland shot you were talking yep. about. Ball we makes another yep. three. And then Kyle Washington takes a... Was that the contested one in the lane? No, it was a it was an 18-footer from the left oh, side. Yeah, 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 it yeah, wasn't, yeah, yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. a terrible no, shot. But, but at the time, in the, in in the, the context, in the context yeah. it, it didn't help. <laughs> and then they come down and Alfred hits a three. They go from up one to down eight in and, and the 40 pace, seconds. And the pace got away, too. Yeah, yeah because then, then right. you have to score every time. Or else, I mean, UCLA was was rebounding and throwing out 40-foot outlet passes instantly. As soon as they felt that switch click, yeah. as soon as they felt it, they they just went in absolute savage mode, and Cincinnati couldn't keep up. And, and Rick, for, for people who haven't seen Lonzo Ball play, um, they, awesome. they, they, they've heard about you know the the dad, and they've heard about yeah this, this nine kid. assists in the second second half. half. Every one of those passes, you can't throw them any better. And, and you know it's not just that it's not a no look bounce pass from forty five feet. It's the perfectly touched lob. It's the it's the one in transition where it doesn't require you to throw a bullet, and it doesn't require you to throw a soft pass. It's just perfectly timed. On the run, his the passing that, ability is absurd. The TJ Lee for the dunk. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the lob. Yeah, that, and those passes, the way he lobs those with such perfect touch, make me wonder if he can't just shoot a floater from anywhere on the court right. and make it. 
Like, because I mean, that's throw almost that what it from is. Forty feet away and put yeah. it perfectly where you need to put it. It's like, can he just lob the yeah. ball into the basket every time if he wanted I, I to? Bet like, he could. his touch is that good, and it, it kind of shows you why, even with that funky shooting motion, he's such a good shooter because that that coordination and that skill and that touch is is very unique. He showed how he can dominate a game not just by scoring and, and really not by scoring, but by getting everybody else on his team going in that second half. And it, the funny thing is, you guys mentioned the Jaron Cumberland shot. That's probably a really difficult shot to explain to a freshman why it was a bad right. shot because that's what he does. And he was and really it, good last night. And, and like Especially second half. And like Chad said, like even the eighteen footer right after it wasn't even a bad shot. It's just in the context of the game against that team, you couldn't let them get into that up-tempo where you're trading jump quick jumpers with them. And it quickly – I've never seen a game feel like it turned so quickly on just, like, two possessions. Yeah, no, right. And and, and the, the last best chance I thought they had was 70-63. Cumberland has the ball at the top of the key. Takes another one. Bryce Alford's on him. He had just taken to the rack the trip before. I, it felt like, dude, he's not stopping you from going to the rim. Now, somebody else might come to help, son, but he is not stopping you. And he took another three and, and unfortunately missed it. And it sucks because, I, I honestly, he was great at times. He's the, he's the reason they were as close as they were He's the guy too. who, honestly, I can see going from being a, a bench guy, and this is going to sound to being a 20-point-per-game guy next year. I can honestly see that just because of the way he can I mean, score. You think someone's going to average 20 points per game for UC? Well, that's probably – yeah, that's probably a good call. That's a little <laughs> – Ambitious. I okay. mean, his, okay. His, okay, twenty points based on points per possession multiplied by forty minutes. Yeah. How about his, that? His his freshman year actually is very close to SK though. Yeah, in, in, but in he, production. But he's going to theoretically be playing with a lot more talent yeah. than SK yeah, around right, him. I mean, right. if Jacob Evans is back next year, which I would assume he will be, I, where's he going? Not, well, <laughs> this, this is my point. Um, I, I yeah, I just don't see and anyone. Broom and Gary Clark and Kyle yeah. Washington. Just don't see anyone averaging twenty points per game for UC next year. Not like uh, a couple of things off of, off of this UC loss. Um, th- this was Mick's best team. I mean, it really was. I, I, I might, still disagree. Okay, but he's uh, one of his two best. Yes. Okay, let's go there. One of his two best teams, and it, and it loses in the, in the second round of the tournament, and it feels awful because it was a really good year, really good run, all of those things. And maybe if you matched up with another three seed like a Baylor. Um, I'm drawing a black, like an Oregon, even as wounded as they are, but maybe not them, but certainly like a Baylor. Um, I'll give you them and, um, maybe even a Florida state. I, I we'll give, I give you see a much, much better it's shot. Al- it's almost like they didn't get a great draw. Yeah. It's like they didn't get a great oh, draw, okay. which we, we, I still thought that if, the, I did. if the, there was a way to beat UCLA, it was the way that UC did it in the first half. They just couldn't sustain it for 40. Well, minutes. we're going to talk that's, about that. Cause I think that's Kentucky, why I, think I thought he's going to play more that way, to be honest with you. That's why I thought. I gave UC a good chance, and the metrics all gave UC a good chance. Every everything looked like it was going to be a close game, and and you can't, you just can't, can't. But, but what, cover for what UCLA can do in a span of ninety seconds. But where I want to cut to the chase with this is this: uh, UC couldn't have had a better regular season. I mean, it really, the, the Rhode Island loss really, really, really hurt it in hurt. a lot of ways. It hurt at least the seed line. And as you saw this year with the fives and the fours, we're talking Iowa State, Purdue in a five-four game. You're talking Virginia and Florida in a four-five four, game. UCLA or You're Oregon talking Minnesota or... was a five against a. a you know, if they had won, they lost to, to Middle Tennessee against a Butler, and the other five was. Uh, Notre Dame uh, against West Virginia. Um, all right, so you had this season in which you just did a, almost everything right. I mean, it, it wasn't perfect, and it's not going to be. Um, but you did almost everything right, and you still got a six seed out of all of this. If you're Mick Cronin, I, I mean, w- w- what can you do differently other than maybe going, 
I can't do this here anymore because I, I, I've done all I can, and I can't get us a better seed. And if I can't get us a better seed, we're never going to get a draw that's going to be favorable for us. I mean, it has to get frustrating. I mean, they're, you know, we, we've talked about it a million times. The, the formula that they used to schedule was, was interrupted because of the Michigan game, and they didn't get that chance at Duke. Um, because of the loss to Rhode Island. To Duke, I, on, yeah. on neutral, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. versus Duke. a chance at Duke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, right there. Um, you know, it, it, they had the stuff there, and, and yeah, I can I get what you're, where you're aiming at because I can imagine there is frustration. And I, I said it when some people were talking about Greg Marshall potentially leaving Wichita State, and it, I, mean, I fully agree with Rick's point that they deserved a 10 seed, but for him you have to wonder if we don't have – a 30-win year, we're going to be an 8, 9, 10, Correct. Seed, 11 seed, you know, pretty much by default. And and honestly, I don't know if they get in the tournament if they don't win the the conference title. Um, no, there was a belief that the win, it was a winner-take-all, and, and it certainly Illinois State didn't make it. So, I mean, I think they would have been like one of the play last. Ends, yeah, a play-in. Or the, I, I could have easily made a case games. for them as an at-large well ahead of um, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt or, or, seed, or, or honestly, or anybody that played, or Wake Forest, but look, for example. Uh, look, at, look at Vandy gets a nine seed, and, and they get a ten for Wichita State. Right. And I'm, I'm using Wichita State as, a, as no, an example it, right. here. But I... I kind of get because it. Because Wichita, like, Wichita did, they didn't win these games, but they at least scheduled, I'm doing like, Oklahoma State, Louisville, Michigan State, and there might have been one other. Well, I mean, Cincinnati game. scheduled no, no, Butler, but that, Iowa but State. That's my point. So you, to be you, scheduled, Xavier. you scheduled at least a handful. Now, you didn't win them. You see, though. you got to win them. You see at least beat Iowa State. Yeah. So, I mean, that was at least a, a, a turnout. And they beat X. So, those were at least a couple of tournament wins. Um, but, no, I mean, I think if I'm Greg Marshall, if I'm Mick Cronin, i got to look long and hard and say, okay, if if can I be satisfied with this and, and hoping to maybe pull that second round upset? Or is there something greener out there where I've got a better opportunity to go win? I think the frustration ultimately is what you have to wonder with this is is a for the ceiling. Yeah, I think it is. I, I, I can you unless you went un, completely undefeated and there'd be enough kicking and screaming to get you to a three or a two. I mean, there really would be. It'd be silly not to. But you're right. It's for the ceiling, and that puts you that puts you right away in a very difficult position in the tournament. Because what I mean, what we've seen is they dock. They've for four years now. They've docked the AAC a seed line every team. Correct. Some of them they docked the seed line out of the tournament. So, can you get like if you're deserving of a three, you're going to get a four. Can you get a three in a conference with Tulane, South Florida, no. and ECU being well, unless Wichita three hundred? I mean, you almost have to add Wichita, Dayton, and VCU, like people were talking right. about. You and, need all three of them, and then and then you have a respectable league. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 one, I disagree with the premise that they deserved an extra seed line. Like, I think they got what they deserved. If they beat Rhode Island, then they're in position to, to get a, a four or a five or whatever. They didn't, so they deserved a six based on the resume. And it was pretty, like, I think it was pretty easy. They held to a precedent for the most part. In my mind, Vanderbilt was still the last team to make the tournament. I don't care what seed they got. That's the only one that doesn't really make sense yeah, to right. me. No, I agree. Most of the other stuff, it, it played out fairly reasonably. And it was like, UC knew what position they were in. They had to win that Rhode Island but, game. You said it before the game even started. That would have been the difference for UC. If they wanted a four or five and wanted a better seed. I still that, think they had a five resume. 
I mean, that, that's fine, and I, I'm sure you do believe that, but I don't think there's much arguing you can do but, for, for what UC but I, did because I'm put, they lost I'm that Rhode myself, game. But, but the, the point of this is I'm putting myself in Mick Cronin's shoes and saying, sure. what else can, well, I mean, I think, what else can we do, what else can I do to get us a better seed? And if I can't, if this is going to be where me, I'm, if he's comfortable beating his head against the wall every year, okay. But I'm not sure I would be. Well, I think the thing for Mick Cronin is he's happy. Um, it's about more than basketball. He's he's happy with you know do, do winning the right way. So that at a school that, that that discovered Benadryl, right? I go to school at a place where they discovered the vaccine for polio and, and, and created Benadryl. Right. So I, I think I think that's that's what he that's why he'll stay at UC. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm trying to put myself in those shoes. And I can say, see Look, where the frustration comes from, dude. I I, I mean. I, that, that you can argue five or six. It doesn't really matter. We're not talking. We're not arguing two versus six. We're arguing a seed line, and th- there's not much more ceiling there. There just isn't. No, I agree. And and you're going to run into this basically moving forward. If you're okay doing it, okay, do it. So uh, let's move on to uh, to Xavier. Um, we talked about this a little bit last night on Sports Authority, Rick. And, and again, this is just my prime. It feels like ever since those two DePaul wins, and maybe the first one. This has just been a team that, that, that has just gone and played basketball. There's, it doesn't feel like there's any pressure any longer. I thought in New York they played a lot more carefree. Not, not carefree. That's not fair. They just, it just looks like a team that's not playing where every possession is life and death. It's, it's, they're just playing. And, and the, the reflection is their only loss since beating DePaul at DePaul was a guy jacking in a three late in the, in the Creighton game. Other than that, they've been outstanding. It's good teams. For the most part, yeah, and it's it's been really interesting to watch. I think they went to the Big East tournament where everything mattered and it was hyper pressurized. They they won those first two games, found a way to win it, and then I think that all that confidence that we've talked about with this group of guys, specifically with like JP and Trey, who are their leaders, it just came rushing back to them immediately. Like as soon as they, you know, Trey hits that game winner against Butler and. All that happens in the Big East tournament, it was like immediately, okay, we're good again. We're back to being us. And I think I was going over the film trying to figure out how does this offense get from a point from where they were struggling so much to score at times and and going through really bad stretches, whether it was the end of first halves or the extended droughts in the second halves where they were losing games. How did they get from there to a team that scores 91 against one of the longer, more athletic defenses they've played all season? Well, you made a good point last night, and maybe the film showed the same thing. It's that the the biggest one is that I think J.P. McCure has become a, a, a distributor, a selfless player, a guy who's only taking ten shots a game. As not opposed a ball to, stopper. As he's opposed, not a ball stopper. Well, and he's not taking instead of taking like three or four ridiculous shots where he's trying to make something happen to get the offense going. He's just saying, let me drive into the lane and make a shot for someone else, even if they don't make it, even if it's not the best pass in the world. Like I'm going to try to make a play for my teammates, and I think it's just promoting ball movement that they didn't have no, a few I, weeks ago. I, I, there, how many times did you see it with a ball would get swung to him and he tried to size up the situation it would be can I drive can I shoot this should I do it? the ball stopped and it doesn't stop anymore it doesn't it's it is moving like like it hasn't moved maybe in a long time. Well, and if you go back to the six-game losing streak, he was taking like 14 to 18 shots per right. game, and now it's been 10 shots per game and almost every game. Four of those were 30-foot YOLO. Yeah. Or, or get into the lane and flip some circus Crazy shot up shot. that there's no chance right. at making. And then the other thing I think that's the big difference is Trayvon Blewett is driving the ball a whole lot more, making a lot more plays off the bounce. I think and he's really good doing that. And, and, and when he's going downhill, he's getting easy points because he's getting fouled. Sean Kilpatrick. Yeah, it's, it's really shown. And, and to be honest, you know, we talk about 
about his draft stock and there's not a lot he can do because he just is what he is. Mm -hmm. But this is the one thing that actually shows a little bit more of his game that he can he can make plays off the bounce. And it's not just in the half court isolating and scoring. It's grabbing a rebound and leading the break up the court and then making a play as a, as a distributor at times. He's done that in the last few and, and, and the other part, too, that's why if you, if you try to get him off of curls defensively, you can't be on his hip any longer. You have to give him a little space because now he's going to come off the curl. And if you do or on his hip, he's going to the rim. Yep. And you can see when he comes off now, there's space. If there is space, turn. You give me space. Whack. If you're on my hip, I'm going on. And that you, you've got to have that versatility, and he's done that. So worst game plan of the weekend. We're going to uh, woge number one. Yeah. Tight race for number two between what the hell Bruce Weber tried to do against Cincinnati and what the hell Leonard Hamilton tried to do against Xavier. Like, how how everybody got off. <laughs> guys, guys that weren't playing well necessarily. Like, everybody for Xavier got exactly what they wanted, whenever they wanted it, and as often as they wanted it. And Florida State was just like, uh, we, we I, don't, I, I don't want to demean Florida State. I mean, I don't want to demean no, Xavier. No, 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 no. no, no. no, no they, I don't want to they mean, executed flawlessly. I, I, no, no, but. Florida State, honestly, they acted like that they were playing a scrimmage game that the result did not matter. No I, and again, I don't, I don't want to demean what Xavier did. They no. were great. Florida State, State was embarrassing. No, they had no sense of urgency at any point. Like, they asked me, I did a periscope after the Xavier game, and I was asked, did Xavier win or did Florida State lose? And I said both. Yes. Like, yeah. Florida State couldn't have been any worse, and Xavier couldn't have been any better. Like, Xavier might have beaten anyone in the country with yeah. the way they played in that game. Absolutely. That's as well as Xavier can play, in my opinion. I can't remember if it was you that tweeted it out, and, I, and I, I, I didn't know this off the top of my head. He's been to how many Sweet 16s of one. State? One in how many years? 15. That's staggering. Guess how many tournaments he's missed in you, 15 you, you, years. You I, 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 it, 10. 10. That, that. He's only made the tournament five times in 15 years. I, he's I, been out twice in the. I think that's a really difficult job for one, though. I, I, I don't like, I think he's a good coach for that. Is there, though. I mean, well, but, but that's. But, if he's not there, then the talent's probably not at no, Florida I agree. State. Like, I think he's a good coach for Florida State because all you need to be is relevant every so many years. To where every third year, yeah, apparently. Basically, basically, <laughs> they're on a three-year cycle, and he's always going to have enough talent to make it interesting and fun to watch, his style's fun to watch, uh, unless you're – Giving up 91. Yeah. I mean, Chris Mack and his staff must have been sitting in the film room. I mean, granted, you're, you're weary-eyed and you're bloodshot and you're going through film and tired of rewinding, I'm sure. But they had to just be salivating looking at the defense because they ran stuff we haven't seen for a while. I mean, they started in the first half. Dude, their just, pick and roll stuff was like a good fifth grade team playing a bad fifth grade team. They, it really they, was. Well, they, they started in the first half running through their almost exclusively out of their elbow series where it's one a four high across the, the free throw line. Yeah, turn, and just catch, pop, and Just go. running constant stuff through that and every little action they ran, whether it was a backdoor cut for Trey, they'd get a layup out of it. Um, then they'd run their cross screen play across the it was block a clinic. and get a layup out of it. And then in the second half, they switched it up and went back to more ball screen motion, went to running some sets. Chris Mack and his staff, it, it felt like they had an endless play chart designed right. for this game. It was, everything they it, did it was, it was literally a clinic. It was literally you could put it on tape and teach others this is our elbow series and this is us scoring in every possible way. In a shell, in a shell circumstance <laughs> almost. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly. And then here's, okay, we're, second half we're going to do ball screen motion and we're going to put it on tape where you can buy it $9.99. So you turn to your sister and go, what, what do you want to run this time? You call it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I don't think. They were awesome. I can't think of Xavier playing against another team though that's played like a strict man-to-man -man where they're like, 
guarding you man to man, and guys aren't in the gap and helping, and well, and like they're just they're uh, face guarding uh, you. At apparently, times. you didn't see it. Um, you, you saw the, the wristband Xavier had. They had to guard the colored wristband. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you not understand You've that? Got the guy in blue. blue. Take the yeah. No, no, no switching allowed. No help allowed. You have to take the the, the guy in yellow. You got the guy in red. I mean, that that is what it looked like. It was it was embarrassing. It really and truly was. And, and again, I don't want to demean what Xavier did because. Um, they played really, really well, um, and they're going to have to obviously play really well to, to, to beat Arizona. So let's let's and jump. Go ahead. I, I was last thing I will say. This is where I think the Big East helps, and I know people. There's a, you know the Big East. There's a lot of different narratives out there right now because of their struggles only, in yeah, the tournament and everything. Left. But I, I never thought the Big East was top heavy. Where like, oh hey, they had a bunch of good teams before the season. We talked about it with Creighton and Xavier healthy. We thought there were three really good teams. Then both of them lost their point guards. So there became one really good right. team. The rest and of Butler. The, we didn't, we, not, I didn't not think Butler was going to we be good, though. We, yeah. No, none of us yeah. did. But I'm saying they came up. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but the, the conference, what the strength was is that every team was like a tournament team. And then you play them in a double round robin. So it becomes a situation where you know each other so well. And everyone, except you know for DePaul, obviously, is basically capable of, of winning a game against almost anyone in the country. And so it just gets really hard to run your stuff. And you become tough. And you try to figure out more ways to do those things. But then when you get into a scenario where the team doesn't know everything you're running. And, and, they and have, doesn't execute defensively, you kill them. Exactly. I mean, it becomes a lot easier all of a sudden. I think that's where the value of playing the Big East really helps teams like Xavier. Right, let's move ahead to, to the next opponent for Xavier, Arizona. Obviously, Sean Miller. Um, they, they struggled a bit, obviously, against St. Mary's, and now it makes you go, hmm. But I, I still think they're really, really good. And I think Xavier, Xavier will have to play an A-plus game to win that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no question about it. And at, that's, at this point, it would take that to beat almost anyone that they would face in the tournament. You know, I mean, they're not going to match up well with hardly any of the teams left in terms of personnel. They have their flaws defensively, but... I think from the standpoint of who do you want to play, it certainly wouldn't want to be like a UCLA team that's going to right. outrun you and outgun you. I think it would be more of like an Arizona who, you know, only won 69 to 60 the other night and is going to play at a slower pace and is going to try to out-tough you. Xavier's a pretty tough team. That's where they shine too. There's going to be some interesting matchups in this game. Yeah, talk about a couple of them. And one of them obviously involves because they do start two big guys. Um, and, and you say, well, that's a matchup problem for Xavier. It is, and Xavier will probably play a lot of zone because it's, it's worked out very well, whether it be that, that – almost match up and then the one three one but it also can become a matchup issue on the other end for Arizona yeah well and, and the thing is Xavier doesn't usually get out toughed or out rebounded right. because there's big guys on the floor they usually handle that well but the thing is Xavier plays Trayvon Blewett at the four and Arizona plays Laurie Markin and at the four who everyone's saying is going to be a ma- bad matchup for Xavier and maybe he will when they're on offense but at the same time he can't guard Trayvon Blewett, and and if he thinks he can, or if Sean Miller thinks he can, Trayvon Blewett has had a lot of success against bigger guys who are playing the four, like even really talented ones. If you think back to um, the kid from Marquette last year, Henry Ellenson, yeah. who was a freshman and got drafted, I don't know, maybe 15th or 20th, somewhere in that range. I can't remember exactly what it was. Trayvon owned him three times last year when he tried to guard him. Well, here's the thing. For Markinen to, to dominate that matchup, He's going to have to take Trey inside, you would think, and he's not very good at that. Like, he doesn't have a, a no, strong a, he's, base. He's, he doesn't. He's an NBA four. Yeah, he's not. He's not that type of dude that's going to go put you on the block and just put you put work on you. Like, that's not his game. So I, you know, yeah, he's taller than Trey, but. I mean, is he's gonna. That's gonna be the difference in him getting jump shots off. Like, right? I mean, he's good. Like, yeah, he's, I really no, he's, like he's him. He's really good. I'm just saying he doesn't. He doesn't do what I think you would need to do 
yeah. to to make that a huge mismatch. I totally. Agree. I think that matchup goes in favor of Xavier. I think that kind of do too. I think that's where Xavier, if if they're going to have a chance at this, I think that's where they go. Oh wow, we have a major I, mismatch I think I'd here. Agree with you on and that. And you have to put Arizona in a problem, you know, to where Arizona has to adjust to you right, now. Right. Um, I mean, on the flip side of things. Arizona's guards are going to be a major problem for Xavier, yeah. I think. Uh, they've got mul- three guys that can beat you off the bounce but can also shoot the ball. They don't like shooting a lot of threes, but they can shoot the three. They shoot a really good percentage. And you just can't afford to get, get guys. You can't afford to get good in foul trouble. You, just yeah, you have no depth. Yeah. You have no depth at the guard. You can't get in foul trouble. I don't know that Xavier can guard them man-to-man. And then if you zone them, like I said, they are capable. Well, multiple guys are capable of knocking but, down threes. But you may take your shot, and, and, and if they do make, then you have to adjust. And if it's one of those games where we've seen it where a miss here and a miss here, well, the, and you buy some more time, you buy some more time, and you stay in it longer, and they get a tighter all right, they, and they, it's worked out very well. They've got some guys that can shoot okay, but they're not a, a knockdown you know, forty-three percent team from three. Right. I mean, right. R- Raleigh Hawkins is is completely hot and cold. Um, Trier, I don't know what his he's numbers a squad, are. He's, he's a, a scorer, scorer more yeah. than he is a shooter. And then um, Kadeem Allen is, is streaky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: they're a Sean Miller coach team. They want to get to the free throw line. Yeah. They want to get box touches. I, I get what you're saying tough. that they can they can knock down some shots. I'm just saying they're not. A, they're 15th in the country in three point shooting percentage at 39.6. Okay. Okay. They're better than I thought overall. Yeah, I mean, Trier's a 40 percent three point shooter on only 77 attempts, but still, he yeah. he's very capable would, of knocking I, yeah. them down. Markinen's a 43 percent shooter on 160 attempts. Uh, Alkins is a 38 percent shooter on 160 wow, attempts. A good year. Kobe Simmons isn't playing nearly as much anymore. He's an average shooter. Um, What's Kadeem, Allen? Kadeem Allen shooting 41%. Oh, and good. that's that's only on 72 attempts. Um, but, but it tells but, you they don't, again, like the, they don't take they many. They don't take many, right. but they are all capable of yeah. knocking them no, down. I, I, Alkins and, and Allen are having better... I, than you would think. Th- yeah, I yeah. thought they were like 34, 35% guys. And again, the, the three-point percentage thing. Snow and I talked about this on the podcast yesterday. Even a season's worth of attempts can still be a very small sample right. size. You're seeing yeah. that with Kaiser Gates. Right. He goes four for five, and all of a sudden he's a 35% three-point shooter right. now after being like under 30. So right. it, that's always an interesting well, stat and, to look and, at. and lastly, I mean, let's face it. Sean Miller is, is, is that coach that gets talked about as the best coach in the country to not get to a Final Four. That pressure starts to take place. I thought they played that way a little bit against St. Mary's, to be honest with Kinda. you. Kind of. And St. I'll give St. Mary's They were better than I thought. I agree. That's yeah. That's that's exactly right. Um, and Xavier's playing with house money. I mean, when you play with house money, man, I, I just anything happens when you play with house money. I mean, well, I think you're playing with house money in round two for Christ's sake. How sakes. about this? Might might have their path to their first Final Four go through Sean Miller and Bob Huggins? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that this Xavier team can reach a Final Four, but if. But if it, How they were able that be? That's to. funny. That's a good point. Yeah, I, mean, I think Xavier fans would enjoy this, would, this one. This would be as sweet as it gets for Xavier it would, it would go from, I hate this team, to the best team in Xavier history. From in, a fan perspective. In three yeah. weeks. From a fan perspective. Without yeah. question. I mean, it would be, <laughs> I mean you, they talk about the run. This would blow that out of the wall. No doubt. No doubt. There is, there is no doubt about now, it. Now, those are two formidable opponents. I'm yes, just, indeed. The, the path well, there. And so would Gonzaga if they got there, too. Yeah. But you're right. But that would be an interesting way to go to beat Sean Miller and beat Bob I'm Bob taking Bob hugs over the Zags. There are random, We're going to get to that here in a minute. There are random bodily fluids from Xavier fans exploding all over their cars as they're listening to this. <laughs> they're driving off the road. It's, I said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> we, we need to 
tone it down a bit. I think my message board is going to be in shambles next week when Xavier loses. All right, let's move on to, to Kentucky. And I was in Indy this weekend. And um, uh, let's start, start with the Northern Kentucky game. Uh, and I know you can look at it and go, ah, Kentucky took hey. it for granted. And Kentucky this and Kentucky. And I, they thought, did. I, thought, I thought they did to some degree. And but that's that UK team. But I, but I thought NKU just they, – they kept grinding. Yep. And, and honestly <laughs> – and this, I'm not pinning this on Cole Murray. If Cole Murray makes a couple of decent looks, and he got a couple of really good, he got a really good one out of the corner at a key stage, um, maybe that game gets a little bit closer. He had one in the first half that was deep that, that actually could have given him a 24-23 lead. I would have loved to have just seen um, the reaction from from his team if they if they had gotten the lead at that point after being because they were you know, it looked like. After UK got that early spurt to go up double digits, it was, okay, this is what's supposed to happen. Right. Pat him on the head. Thanks for coming. Nice little story. Nice little effort. Nice little team. Grinded their way back into it. Grinded it away in the second half where the crowd started having a little buzz to it where you knew they weren't going to cap this off. But at least it, it was it became a little bit of a grind down the stretch to some degree and, and, and made for, for at least a little squirming for, for a bit. Um, but I, I think the whole thing for them moving forward is I think that experience and confidence level for them for a team that loses one scholarship senior – um, and what you've got coming back um, and what you can build on, I mean, is, is an outstanding step. And, and um, look, it's still a one-and-done league for the most part. But they are obviously, at least for next season and maybe the next couple seasons, they're going to be right in that mix in that league. This was not a fluky run. It, it was helped that Valpo fell apart and it helped that, that Oakland fell apart. Um, but th- this is a really good team. Yes. And, I mean j- – we probably need to go back to like that first episode when we were previewing mm-hmm. the season because this is exactly what we said was possible, and it played out as better than we could have even yeah. predicted at that time. Um, it, it, if Cole and Drew would have hit shots, it would have been nice to see, right. obviously. At the same time, UK shot an incredibly bad percentage from deep as well. So Pumpkin didn't make a three. Yeah, you kind of just have to take that trade off and say they got lucky in that sense, to be quite honest. Yeah, so, I, I, it would have been nice to see them shoot like they normally shoot, but then if UK shoots like they normally and that shoot, was, it's and, a blowout. Yeah, and still, that was so. the only way they were going to do it, is they were going to have to make it an, an extraordinary... I mean, Cole Murray yeah. was going to have to go five of seven on threes. But LeVon Holland was great. played absolutely fearless. That, did you carve a heart attack on that dunk? Oh, my God. It was funny, because sitting courtside, he tried one earlier in the in the game, yeah. Yeah. Um, and got it, he kind of cupped it at the end and kind of tried to finger roll and got it blocked, but it looked like he was going to try to dunk it. The, the second he went down the lane, I was looking at both sides of the lane to see where if anybody was going to come from help, and I thought, no, no, they're not. He's going to throw this thing down, and man, it, it it was a it was a pretty cool moment. It was an awesome. It was moment. an ooh he, moment. He caught the right guy at the rim, though. No it was Michael Mulder. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. And it was because when he came down, I'm like, all right, who's coming over and going to pin him here in about two seconds? I thought, nobody. He's it's, going it's all the way to the rack. He's yeah. dunking on his head. Exactly. Uh, he was awesome, and Carson Williams was completely Great. fearless. And for those who know, he's six feet six. And Maybe. he was out rebounding the Maybe. Dudes. Yeah, Maybe. a double double. And I told you, I thought the first half he was completely he, intimidated, completely he outmatched. Willis. And in the second half, it was almost like he said, you know what? If I get a shot blocked here, I don't care. I'm just gonna do what I do. And he was he he was so good. He was he was playing old man. He was the guy who was the old man basketball guy. You're like, I got him. That's and you know what? That, you don't got him. That's a kid that grew up in Owenton. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Playing against UK, putting a double double on him. He could die right now, and he'd do more than anyone else from Owenton's done no, like in their minds. No, wow. That's how Owenton feels. I mean, and think about it. I mean, he, he is Mr. Basketball in Kentucky, which used to be an automatic ticket 
to go play at the University of Kentucky, an automatic ticket. Right. And obviously, it was it was not no offense. It was not a great year in the state. This is back when they wore belts, but yeah. <laughs> no, but <laughs> well, but no. It, I mean, hell, Brandon Stockton was a was a Mister Basketball and was an automatic ticket and didn't belong at Kentucky. But really, it was an automatic ticket that literally. All right, it's Mister Basketball. We're gonna have to extend an offer just because Kentucky didn't. And I don't get the kid. It's not their guy. I mean, I, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, but but for him, that, his moment is. I guarantee he grew up. I talked to him in the locker room the day before. I mean, he's like any Kentucky kid. Grew up a Kentucky fan. You know, they all. Of course he yeah, did. I mean, You'd be shot in Owenton if you weren't exactly. a Kentucky fan. <laughs> exactly. I asked him. I said, "What's the percentage you think?" I said, "I said ninety. He goes, "Nah, eh, probably eighty percent." He goes, "There's some Louisville fans there." Uh, okay, okay. There's a few Louisville fans. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And they hate all of them. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Their houses yeah. are exactly. marked. The roster yeah. size. Yeah. yeah, they they got the big L, like like a scarlet <laughs> letter. They got the L. The, they're black line. They ha- they they have to um, or red line. They have to. Purchase houses only on it's one right, side exactly. of the street. They got one neighborhood. They got, yeah. they got the Louisville neighborhood. Yeah. But no, I thought he was great. And, and I told you this last night. Levon Holland will be the player of the year in that league next year in Horizon League. I, I, I he, he owned De'Aaron Fox. I mean, honestly, he it wasn't like De'Aaron Fox had a bad game either. I thought he he no. owned him at times. He, he took it right at him. He played fearless. It's crazy to think that he wasn't a first or second teamer in the conference with all that athleticism. And he was and he didn't deserve it. He was a little too inconsistent right. this year. And there were better guards than him in the Horizon League, which tells you how fun the Horizon League mm-hmm. was to watch this year. Mm-hmm. That he he wasn't even a first or second teamer, but you're right. Next year, he is going to be a monster. But because I think he's going to take that confidence level that just said, you know what, I, I I was the best player in the conference tournament, and I was the I was the, and in his mind, I, I I was the best player on the floor against Kentucky. Yeah. And guess what? I think he takes that confidence level the next year and rolls with it. And he's a Louisville kid from right. Ballard. Right. I mean, there couldn't be a, a, hey, a more... AAU teammates with. Uh... With uh, Dominique Hawkins, I believe. He played on a high school team with Quentin Snyder right. and, and Keelan Martin. Right. Yeah, there right. Cu- it couldn't be. It couldn't have been any more fun for a guy like that to go and do that on the stage. Now, sure, you want to win that game, but in terms of just the one shining moment type situation, that's as good as it gets. You know, it, let's call Scott Snyder and ask how that Ballard team didn't win state. Holy crap. <laughs> no doubt. You're right. I mean, no doubt. You got a, you got a Butler guy, you got a, a Louisville guy, and you got this guy who, who and all of the ball. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and there, I mean, look, there's no moral victories, but, but that game couldn't have really, it, it was perfect. You, it was KU. perfect. It was perfect. You were valiant in loss. You played well. It wasn't like Kentucky stunk, completely stunk. They, they had moments where they didn't play well. Obviously, as I mentioned, Monk didn't, shoot it very well. Um, Cal, Cal went a little deeper in his bench early on, trying to get some guys some minutes. But, I, I mean, you, you couldn't have – if you told me that they would have played that way and that's the way the game would have ended, I would have said that that's perfect. That's a perfect scenario. And let's get down to what matters and why that matters. That was a two-and-a-half-hour infomercial for, for NKU's school, for one, but more importantly, for as it pertains to the basketball team, for John Brandon and his coaching staff to every future recruit sure. that they're going to try to get. We went toe-to-toe with them for 40 minutes. I mean, it just th- – there's nine. There's no better recruiting tool. No. That's why success in the tournament is so important to recruiting. And, I mean, their job with each passing minute – I tweeted this. With each passing minute, their job got easier this spring and summer to go recruit kids. Yeah, no. I, it, Everybody knows who they are now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. But you, Barkley doesn't. They're the other Kentucky. It's like – it was like, great. You were there. You had all those stories written about you. That was a really great start, and that was probably yeah. all you were going to get. First half went. Kentucky gets that big lead. Everyone's going to tune that game out, right? And the second half, when you make it interesting again – that's worth its weight in gold because now people are actually watching yeah. you again. And it wasn't garbage time either. More people that, that's the it wasn't like, hey, we jacked in four threes at garbage time and took it from 20 down to 10 and blah, blah, blah. No, they, they grinded it to the point where, all right, Kentucky better execute here or they're going to be in trouble. It was a game worth watching in the second no, half, yeah. and that's that's all you could ask for if you were NKU. The, the interesting thing going forward it becomes the next phase. How do you handle expectations? Right. Because there were no expectations. I mean, other correct. than us three Yahoos who – 
put more, you know, thought into it and actually knew what they had. Nobody really saw anything from NKU no. this year. No, they saw a nine-win team that, that had added a, a six-six. No offense, a six-six white center. How how about the fact that NKU was calling us to see if we could get John Brand yeah, on the show earlier yeah. this year, and, and then th- he's doing stuff on CBS. <laughs> yeah, and then then everyone in the world wanted to talk to him last week. That I mean, was, uh, I sent him and Shu a text and said we'd love to have one of you guys on Monday morning, and they big timed me. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Oh well, maybe it was just you. Uh, then, maybe, yeah. maybe we'll get them before the final four. Maybe we'll, we'll try to do that. I mean, if anybody from KU's listening. They big time. Me. Oh man, that's a bad thing. <laughs> I know. Uh, let's talk about about Kentucky. Um, we just did. Well, well, hold on, real, no. real quick. One more thing on yeah. the NKU thing. John Brannon, like he ain't making enough money. Clearly, no, no they got to pay him more. And he no. and, and and I don't know that they can pay him enough for it to I, matter I, I, and I keep either. him anyway. But, but is, they got to get him. How far does now? the dominoes have to fall to where he takes the next job? I, I, I don't think him, this I'm year t- is the year. I don't. I don't, I don't either for a couple. Unless the dominoes fell perfectly right. I, if you're him, you're in a situation to maybe win this league again. Okay, you're, It's not like suddenly this was a one-year wonder where you had and that's five big leftover it's seniors. a big risk. Understood. But, you but, can win the regular season. Correct. And the tournament. Correct. So that guarantees you NIT at the very worst, right. um, which in that league is still a pretty good accomplishment. Um, if I'm him, I need to go to the situation that, that is that is the right one for me, yeah. not just to say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna quadruple my salary." And I have and look, I, hey, I'm all about money too. I mean, I'm I'm I, you want to pay me a buck to come speak at your thing? I'll be more than happy to come do it. But um, for him, it, I think it's a situation to look and say, "All right, I, I've got another chance to have another good team, have another good year, um, play somewhere postseason wise, maybe even get back to the NCAA tournament, and then even have my stock elevated more." Because I'm not sure, and I want to talk about coaches here in a little bit. I'm not sure how far the dominoes are going to fall to where it's worthwhile. Well, it's not like you're going to jump and take a Mac job. For he was sakes. he was really patient when he was at Alabama. He had some. We had interviewed. He, he was a finalist at. I don't know if it was in between. I don't know if it was before he went to Alabama as an assistant. I think it was. He no, was a was, finalist at St. Bonaventure. It was after he was at Bama, and he, he was already at, elevated okay. to associate, associate head coach. Okay. I thought it was before he went to Bama, but I think you're right. I no, that, they were at VCU together before that. It wasn't coming from VCU. I think it was. Once, was. was it really? I, I, think, I swear to God, I think it was. As goofy as it sounds. And then he's, he, he didn't get the Bonaventure job, so he ended up taking the Alabama, the, head, the top Alabama assistant job. Now, I don't know. He might have interviewed for a, 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 a head coaching job when he was at Bama. I don't I mean, I don't he had – there were, there, were, there were, you know – Schools that circled around him because he kind of had that label as you know a, a, an up and, up and comer, mm-hmm. and he waited. I mean, he he wasn't looking to. And the problem was jump Alabama, at anything. And, he and, was he and, was selective. And Alabama didn't have the success people thought they would. Right. Well, and, and, and that know, helps too. That well, he was he was out right when he got the NKU. Oh yeah, job. right, right, Anthony right. Grant was fired. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he would have been what an assistant at Xavier if he doesn't get the NKU job. That's where it was probably headed. It's possible. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I. I really don't. And him know. and Mac are like really, really good friends, right? They're close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to speak to how close they are personally, but I know they're good friends. Yeah. Um, he makes one hundred ninety thousand dollars. That's more than paid, I thought. He's it's, the it's lowest not very paid much. coach in the conference. Yeah, and so it, it's a it's a situation where I mean, even a a lot of mid major jobs is life changing money compared to what mm-hmm. he's making now. So, but it needs to be a situation where can you go win? Do you do because if you do, I think Rick, so. But if you do take that job just for the money 
and, and your five-year window is, I didn't do anything because it wasn't the right fit, right job, I can't win there, what's the point? You, you've taken yourself in five years. Maybe you've made enough of a windfall and good for you, but then you're right back where you started from. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think you bet on yourself. You've already shown what you can do mm-hmm. in such a short time there. You have this thing rolling. You've already recruited better than most of the other mm-hmm. teams in your conference without all the newfound uh, resources you basically just gained yourself in terms of recruiting clout. So I'd say you bet on yourself, you keep this going, and then maybe in three, four years, something something even local because and you're the hottest name possible locally. It, it could be really interesting the only to see I would how it plays have done out for him. Is if, if, if this had been a team that was very senior, it had, let's just say, four seniors and a glue guy junior, and he was the only guy really coming then back. You're looking, then you're looking. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. now. This is the 30th youngest team in the country. Right. 31st, I mean, no, 31st it, it, youngest team in the country. It's the perfect thing They to were right yourself, there right. with Kentucky in inexperience level. That's right. Yeah, so that's except Kentucky's three inexperienced guys are all NBA guys. A little bit better than, <laughs> yeah. than, than and it's like, look, I know he finished fourth in the conference, so it's not like, oh, he should be the hottest name in coaching third, searches this year. Oh, tied for fourth, I believe. Tied for right? fourth, I believe, because they end up being fifth technically. Wright yeah. State was fourth; they were tied with Wright okay. State, and they played Wright State in the first round. Um, so it, it's not like, oh, Green John, John Brandon should be the okay. top guy. Yeah, one Oakland, Val, Oakland, Valpo, oh, Green, Green Bay, Bay, then tie between Wright State, State and, and NKU. NKU. I, right in my State head, I had here. NKU and Green Bay tied, and NKU got the four. Right. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So it, it's not like it's like, oh, he's clearly should be getting offers for jobs. But we know how this thing works, and showing well in the tournament and getting all that good publicity usually does work. So it wouldn't entirely surprise me if one of the small schools that opened up came after him. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's Quinnipiac out there and other – all types of other little schools looking for him. I'm sure he'll get calls from them. I don't think the right job would come open this no, year. No, I, I would agree with that. Quinnipiac? I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I think it's Quinnipiac, but it's Quinnipiac. But uh, let's touch on Kentucky. I, um, a French version. <laughs> that, you, you tried to stew guts that in. You just, Quinnipiac. <laughs> yeah. Tried to roll past it. That's been texted to my phone a few times, and every time I'm like, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> uh, let's touch on Kentucky because they do have a matchup with UCLA. It's a rematch from a game that UCLA went to Rupp and, and won in, in kind of a, a racehorse game. They've gone to a little bit more of a half-court style, and while it doesn't give you style points that maybe they had earlier in the year, I mean, since the first part of February, they have not lost. It's not been pretty at times, and they've had a rally from double-digit deficits. And I'm not sure they're as uber-talented. They're certainly not as uber-talented as, as, as it seems. I mean, they've got an elite backcourt. Bam's a, Bam keeps getting better and better and better. And then all of a sudden you go, all right, there's, no, exactly other that, NBA, right. there's no other NBA guy on that roster. Hey, hey, look, would any coach love to have three an NBA backcourt and, and an NBA lottery big man? Sure, absolutely. But it's not an uber-talented team, and, and, and they've – uh, they've kind of reinvented themselves a little bit, but I just don't know if they're if they're good enough to continue making a run through this. I just uh, they just don't. Wow I think me. they could have been against a lot of other. There could be uh, chances are better against a lot of other teams. UCLA. I mean, do they run with? They, I mean, I, I, no. I think they, they found out that didn't work. I mean, there were times on Friday night, even against NKU, where Calipari literally you could hear him yell, "Stop." And he wanted to run a set because he got tired of them running it up and down like crazy people and getting nothing out of it. And I, th- you saw it Saturday if you, or um, Sunday against Wichita a few times of literally stop and let's get something in a half court because we're not getting anything out of full court stuff. And so maybe that's the pace they play out against UCLA, and it's a better pace for them to maybe win. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that they, they can do that. I don't know that they can make themselves play slow enough to uh, – if they're playing against UCLA, I just think it's going to be an up-tempo game. I think they may – like you said, Calipari may try to slow it down and run a few more sets than he did the first time right. around. But I also don't know – we've already seen how that UCLA game played out. Kentucky was right there, had plenty of chances to win, and it's not like UCLA ran them out of the gym or anything. I don't know that 
I don't know that it plays out in UCLA's favor the second time around, to be honest, even if they play the exact same way. I don't know. I, I, I would just say, to slow down UCLA, you have to do what UC did in the first half yesterday, and I don't think Cal's going to do that. I mean, here's the thing. If UCLA plays like they did against UC, Kentucky beats them. That's no question. Even in the second half well, when they were I playing better. With you. I, I don't. If they play the, in the second half the way. If they shoot 65%. Kentucky will lose by double figures. I mean, they will. If no. they play that way. And that's, that's still an if. I mean, they made a bunch of shots in the second half. 65%. Yeah. And, and a chunk of them being threes. Yeah. So, I disagree. I don't think that performance is enough to beat Kentucky. Man, oh, man. We're gonna, I'm going to agree to disagree with you. I, that's fine. Because, honestly, well, I don't think Wichita is very good. I just don't. I mean, I, and, and I don't it, either. And but this was, is Kentucky, that's Kentucky. And I it mean, was all out to beat them. But this Kentucky team's been that way since the beginning of the season. They, well, they play it, someone average and they grind it out and have to take them to overtime like George at Rupp. But then when they play North Carolina, they beat North Carolina. So it just, I don't know. To, to me, this Kentucky team plays the level of their competition. It doesn't really matter their scores against other teams. Maybe not. And you, and you will find out on, on uh, this, this Friday. But the one guy that's got to start shooting the ball better is Monk. I mean, he has really struggled to, to shoot it, and I nobody can put a finger on it. That's the weird part. I see that as a good sign for them because, like, you know at some point he's going to explode. Oh, and averages ha- are coming. Right, and they've been able to find ways to win without him really doing anything. So well, They played NKU, and they played Wichita, and they played Arkansas, and they played who else in the SEC tournament and did it. I mean – Alabama and Georgia, but I mean – Okay, but I mean, like, again – they. You would think if Malik Monk wasn't doing anything, this UK team isn't isn't uber talented, according to you. They're not. And, well, I mean, if if you're saying you only got three NBA guys, but then you've also got Isaiah Briscoe and Wendy and Gabriel, and I mean that's pretty damn talented. But neither one of them do much for me. They just don't. Of course, they're not playing all that well. But those are Dominique Hawkins does more for but, me. I agree, but most teams would love to have that type of talent if Agreed. they could have landed. But I'm not it. talking about the uber talented of just basically we're beating they're not one. 2014, shoot. okay, Correct. great, but they're still uber talented. Yeah, they're not the best collection of college basketball players ever assembled, but they are pretty damn good, <laughs> pretty damn talented. Okay, I, honestly, I I, I, try, I I really thought before this tournament started that, that I would if you'd give me this sheet 20 times out of taking them over UCLA in a heartbeat, and after watching this weekend, I just don't. Yeah, that, it doesn't. That doesn't change for me with the. And I, think, I think for me it was more the way Kentucky played. Yeah, see, I think if they're able to win those games when they're not playing as well and they're able to grind it out, that's a great sign for them because they, they seem to play well in the big games. And at some point, you know, Malik Monk's going to go off. And, and I will tell you, and I said it last night too. I mean, the one thing I, I will give them credit for is, is since the first week of February, they've not lost a game. And, th- and there's something to be said for that. So Ken, I, w- I will give Ken him that. Ken Palm has, U- has UK beating UCLA 59% of the time on this neutral site. Final. Uh, 88-86 is the predicted score on Ken Palm right now in no favor way of Kentucky. There's so. no way it gets that high. Oh, and I totally were. disagree. The first time they played, 97, it, it was 98-90. 97-92. Okay. So I, I totally think it'll be in the high 80s. Okay. I, if it gets the high 80s, UCLA kicks their ass. I'm going to say I, it right here, right now. I disagree with. I mean, it's not impossible that UCLA wins the game. I do not think anyone kicks anyone's ass in this game. Okay. Um, let's do. You don't, you don't think it'll get to high eighties? You really don't. I don't. Let's let's put a little I wager don't. on that. I don't. What, and, what's and, the cutoff line for you? Where do you think it'll get to? I, I think for, for I would say this for Kentucky to win, they cannot break eighty, and they cannot let UCLA break eighty. If they for them to win, if it gets above that, and it could, they lose. Okay. Well, there's not really a bet to be made there, but we'll yeah, there see. is. We'll we'll see. Just, but put, if, if if it gets in the eighties, they lose, and if it doesn't, they win. 
Okay. Okay. What are we betting? Speedway yeah. egg rolls? Or? Absolutely. That's, yeah. And a 40. <laughs> and, 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 a, and a 40 of the winner's choice. How about we just go with the 40? Okay. Well, maybe we can do that. Did you try the egg rolls, by the way, Rick? I did. I did a little review and? on Twitter. Oh, I didn't see it. You didn't. I tagged you in it. Yeah. You tagged me in the initial part that you were going to do it, but I, I never saw the result. I the video, too. I missed it. Um, you led us a little astray. They're, they're, it's, it's, it's a tolerable egg roll. It's an okay egg roll. But I'm an egg roll guy. That's not a good egg roll. Oh, for heaven's sake. It's not an Oriental walk egg roll. Dude, you're going to Speedway, son. I agree. It's, it's tolerable. It's not awful. You're, it's Two for a buck 98. What do, you, what do you want from me? Yeah, it's just it's a, like I wouldn't go back and get it again is all I'm saying. All right. I think you're ill-advised again. Um, I, I want to touch on officiating this tournament. And, and I know it's always an easy subject, but – it has been so wildly inconsistent and bad at the end of games, and, and no more so than in the Arkansas game. How do guys, if you go to a review and you can't tell that basketball was tipped? That's awful. I mean, I, awful. I, 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 the, the ball stopped spinning. It stopped running. Look, guys, knuckled. Some, some guys do shoot knuckleballs. It's a very rare player that does it, but it can be shot. But you could see the ball change and stop rotating. How hard is that to see on a monitor? How hard is that to see? It was Clear as day. Not only did you, I miss thought some people thought they fouled. I didn't think he fouled. Oh, he absolutely. Did fouled you think him. he did? Okay. Not only did you miss the tip, you also missed him smacking him in the hand on the follow through, which is like to me the the worst foul in a, on a jump shot. Like, and you can't change that at that point. But I, I no, you can't I, go I, back I, and see the foul. But I wasn't even frustrated by that. I was we frustrated screwed by this the, up so bad. You at least got to give him the ball back. And granted, there's only what one or two seconds left on the shot clock. They may have not gotten anything decent anyways. It may have had no impact no, on the but, game. But let me just tell you. So let's but just, why do you not just get the call right when you can see it that clearly at that key juncture? of a game where, it, it, and people say it's got to be irrefutable. It was. Yeah, it it's was. Abs- it's it as was. irrefutable it, as it will it ever get. It was as get. high definition as you could get to see the ball stop rotating and knuckle. How hard was that? You could see it hit off his fingertips. His no fingertips question. been back, and then you see the spin on the ball change, and, and you're you start right. knuckling. I mean, there was one on the shot clock, and there might have been two if they'd have looked at the shot clock and readjusted it. Um, and you can get an okay look at it, and if you had, let's just say you had and you make it, the crowd goes nutty, uh, um, and the, the Carolina people are dying a slow death, and it changes the complexion of the game entirely and then to compound that comes the walk charge run over extended arm flail into a bucket now the the guy did beat the shot clock so they got that part right god love them but they missed they missed the next possession entirely as well how does that and how do these guys get these assignments i just don't understand why it seems like these refs that are considered good refs at one point become grandfathered in for life and they just keep yeah. keep refing Boba on Roscoe and on until they're way dreadful. too old and and i think here's he's the thing. not even that old when you get older you just become curmudgingly and you don't want to back off things and you just become irrational like skinny like me yeah we know <laughs> not that we know anybody like that but i think that's what you see from some of these refs like he just wasn't going well, to come off the call that was on the court and i've got a huge problem with the the whole chris collins situation in that there's nothing that drives me more insane than a ref blowing a call, blatantly blowing a call, right. and then teeing up the coach for arguing. for being upset about it. Right. Like, I, I saw the kid's hand through the rim, block the shot from inside the rim. That's a goaltend. Just allow me to be pissed off for 30 seconds. Correct. Now, that being said... Stupid! Not get a technical. No, get a technical and he knew he was trying to get a technical, basically. But, but I don't disagree with what you're saying. The ref should swallow that and be like, "I screwed up. I'll eat this." Yeah, my bad. I'll like, let you cuss me out for thirty seconds. Right. But at the same time, if you're Chris Collins, you're in the NCAA you tournament. Can't get it. There's, if that's, no, if I, that's the end of the regular season, fine. If it's the NCAA tournament, yeah, you've I know, I know exactly where smarter. you're coming from in your argument. I'm just saying, I like you see that crap all the time where they blow a call, a coach loses his mind for ten seconds, and they tee him up. 
And it's like, no, that's your fault. Right. right. I got upset because you're an idiot. Yep. And now I get a technical because you're an idiot twice? Right. That no, stuff I, drives me insane. No, that, that I think... Now, that, I'm really glad Northwestern's out and we don't have to listen to the Northwestern blowhards on TV anymore. Me too. Mike Greenberg, I don't know if you saw that yesterday. Did he, was he did he was he the crying kid? No, he um, put the crying kid over his head. He he gave a, a speech at the a pep rally, talking about how he's it was the Mick Cronin speech. How he's glad that Northwestern does it the right way and they with good kids and Ugh. that that he's you know he doesn't like the the one and done culture and he's glad that Chris Collins doesn't do it that way because as you know. If Jason Tatum and if Chris and, Collins gets the Duke job eventually, if Coach K comes and he, and he doesn't take those guys, then he's a moron. Right. But that's why that's why Northwestern does it the right way. It's not because they they can't get those guys. It's because they want to do it the right way. Hashtag jerk off emoji. <laughs> I think what Chris Collins should have done is he should squirting cucumber. In, instead of getting the tea, should have gone and grabbed that crying kid and just held him the ref and go look. This kid, look at this kid. Look what you wasn't did that, to this kid. Wasn't it the eighties, son? I think it's. Oh, is that who it was? Yeah, is that it was? So. That's great. Speaking of complaining people, and uh, it, it was Greg Marshall's wife after the uh, the Kentucky wow. game who lost little, her little loaded lost who lost her mind thanks to probably a few pops too many. I don't. Um, I, what do you think she was drunk? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel I like did. that's. I feel like that's how she gets for every game. I feel like Maybe. that's her right there, baby. And it makes sense. Like, look at Greg Marshall. He's yeah. a weird. He's a, dude. He's, he's wired. Yeah, you, I bet his wife's a little rough. Some of those pictures are classic. Of her, like with Pat Forty sitting there, and she's behind him, and her hair's down her on hair's, the like, yeah. table yeah. Yeah. over top of him. And then there's one with Andy Katz where she's catty corner <laughs> off to the side, and then she's freaking out, and Katz is just sitting there like, "Wow, yeah, this, this, this is great." She looks like she's from Owenton, Kentucky. No offense, <laughs> Owenton. That, wow, we'll uh, edit that part yeah, out. Take that you. part out. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you very much for that. Um, but no, I, I, just to, to put a bow on that, I, it, it just it felt like the officials had their hand in in just far too much end of game stuff. Yeah. Um, look, did well, better, like Boborowski does that every game he officiates. He's, if it's close, he's terrible. He does something in the final two minutes. And I, and I think it was your guy Brian Snow, and he yeah. tweeted it. At, I think he tweeted at Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> Either he's terrible um, or he's cheating. Yeah, he said. He, he said I have a source that says that that, that literally they're, they're not so sure if he's not if he doesn't choke at the end of games or he's cheating, and I'm not sure which one is worse. Yeah. Um, and, and this, for those that don't know Rod who he Ripple is, Bell. Um, and Rick, you can touch on this too a little bit more. I mean, he is the guy in the in the the loss that when Xavier lost at Butler. I think it was the game where Chris tore the the, the water fountain game. Yeah, I, I believe it was the water. That fountain. was Kenny Freeze who tore the water fountain. Oh, I'm Chris sorry. Mack. I'm sorry. I thought Chris tore, tore the tore the water fountain. But whatever. That <laughs> would have been a lot more interesting. It was, if Chris Mack was tearing water. It, fountain it was that game, and Bo Borowski was the official in that game. Correct. One of the officials in that game. Yeah, I was I was um, thinking that was the Wally Ruteki game. Maybe it was. He's I can't bad remember too. anymore. He they've both screwed. Ruteki, Borowski, they're yeah. both bad. They're was both Borowski bad. the Ohio State game? Or was yes. That, yeah, I think, I think he was so. the Xavier Ohio State game. Man, oh, you might be right. Screwed the Justin yeah. Cage push up. You might be right. Yeah, I can't. I get it mixed up now. I'm not into the refs as much as other I'm not. People. No, I'm they not all either. Suck to I'm me. not either. I mean, but it, I just thought they had their hand in too much, and I and this whole flagrant one stuff. I'm I'm done with it. And the biggest issue in the sport is still the fact that when the game is close and it's a big moment, they Go love the taking two jumps out from behind the baseline, putting the hand behind their head and punching that fist out and pointing the other direction for a charge. It. It is uncanny. How, it's probably a hundred percent charge rate if the game's close and it's late. Well, you How saw about the guy that did it the other day. You saw they, the Rhode Island game. I mean, that was a fifty-fifty yeah, call on, on block charges. I bet they go a hundred percent charge at the and, end of games. End of games yeah. when it matters. Not, not, the guy, yeah. There was a guy that did it yesterday or Saturday, I think, that they actually went to the monitor and the guy's foot 
is in the thing. Clearly, like half of his foot was on the circle, and he got so excited to do his charge dance, he called a charge, and they had to reverse it. Crazy. So silly. Crazy. So silly. I, I mean, who who made like is that is that a TV Teddy thing? Is he the one that coined that? That it, when he used to, or he still does. He when still he does. make a real emphatic call yeah. and get the crowd like going all up. the way from the baseline out yeah. to center court with his with his fist out. Because you're here to watch me. Yeah. The clown show. Clown show. I want to. I want to hear Rick go off. Rick, let's talk about Coach K. <laughs> do you want to? Worst, you want to say that for co- your final take, or you got you got one? Well, I mean, do you got more to go? No, I just I just want to. I'm not going to go through every game in the bracket. But now that we're down to the Sweet 16, just just go final four from each pod. Now that we're, we're, we're that we're there from the East. I mean, it's such a cluster. You and I were talking about this last night. Wisconsin. It, or is it Florida? And maybe I'm just dead wrong, and things fall right for them, and they grind their way to the to the Final Four. I'm the only one on this bandwagon, but especially with the way this bracket is broke, I think Baylor's tough. I I know they and, can and, really and, defend. They and have Lecomp, a, Lecomp was great. Lecomp makes shots. They have enough offense. Like I don't love this Baylor team, and I understand why everyone hates Baylor as a university and institution, and they absolutely should. Baylor is the despicable place. But in terms of basketball teams, which you know, I don't know that these kids have anything to do with Baylor's other issues. I kind of like this Baylor or, team. Like, I think they can win. But then I, they, they're playing South Carolina. Right, That's but, a perfect matchup which, for them. Which has found the fountain of scoring somehow, some right. way. And then if they play Wisconsin in the next round, like, that's another perfect matchup for them. I could see it being Baylor. It, nothing would surprise me in this bracket. This bracket sucks. No, I was just saying, you I'm could put, so you, you could put the it. four in a hat and pick them out a thousand times. And and that's how you would determine your Rick, winner. Rick made it sound like he wasn't even going to watch the rest of the tournament anymore. He's not going to watch that bracket. Because no, of that bracket. No, I absolutely am. But, like, <laughs> I was so excited about getting to see Villanova-Duke at yeah, the end of the day. I, I mean, so. I'm sorry. Yeah, Villanova-Duke. And now we're going to be watching God knows what. Like, literally. You know, we're going to be napping waiting um, for the next game. In, in, if it's Wisconsin-South Carolina, I, I really probably will not watch. That's as annoying as it freaking gets. One of those two teams would be a Final Four team. That's incredible to me. That's just absolutely incredible to me if that's the case. Let's go to the West. Um, and I guess this is me. Gonzaga, I slept on them, and, and maybe they just are really good. But I, I'm sticking with Arizona just because I, I picked them before. I think we've got them going through anyway. I'm, I'm not going to waver I, off of that selection. I think we're going to get Arizona, West Virginia. I think that I think the that's press. That would be an interesting matchup, too. I think the press can, can give Gonzaga – Fits. I, I, that would be Sean and, and Bob I, I don't know, back man. together again. I'm, I'm using seven foot one, three hundred ninety pound guys press release. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw it up to him and go here. You you throw over the top of it and have a good day. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I you, you might be right. Um, and that's a team too. I just didn't think style of play was gonna work. And and here they are. And honestly, they got as good a chance as anybody. How about, uh, surprise! I, I didn't really think of it until I saw the the stat this weekend. With as much as as Hugs struggled to get past the second round, right. at Cincinnati, it's his fourth Sweet Sixteen at West Virginia. Yeah, crazy. And, and certainly there were some some really bizarre losses for him at Cincinnati. Too. Yeah, I, I mean, mean the, the the West Virginia game is a matter of yeah. guy banks in a three. Miles Simon flying out, flying out of bounds for goodness sakes. UCLA in double overtime. Right, is four sweet sixteens good? It's all right. Oh, okay, it's all right. Yeah, I think it's all right. Just getting that on the record. <laughs> How many's Mac been? Depends to? on He's who been you ask. Now, right? Yeah, Chris yeah. Been for you. Yeah, I was just okay. I just getting that on the record. Yeah, so I figured. Um, Rick, is 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 Gonzaga Arizona? Or I mean, is is I guess my pick will be Arizona too. I mean, I this this is another tough one to call. This is an interesting bracket though to me. Like, yeah, I like both of these I games. Do so I mean, do I. Xavier Arizona could be anything. Nothing yeah. would surprise me in that game. If Xavier gets boat raced, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but 
yeah, I'm, I'm interested in both of those games, obviously. And then the, the next matchup between, like, if it's Arizona and either one of those teams, that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then if Xavier's in it, I'll have to cover it anyway. So yeah, right. it'll certainly be interesting to me. Absolutely right. No question about it. When you when you taking off for San Jose? Get Never. Casting up the car? He doesn't know the way to San Jose. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Midwest. Where, and you made the point before the tournament, Rick, and I don't think you were wrong. And you, It was just a question. I don't think it was a point. But you, made, you questioned, where is this Kansas team maybe mentally? They answered that question they pretty did, emphatically. And that's where I, I – Josh Jackson's good. I, I'm, I, look, Purdue's, Purdue, Purdue's got some guy. But Kansas, to me, it's theirs to lose now. It's their region to lose by far. Might be their tournament to lose. I, maybe. I, I think they hammer Purdue personally. I do too. I do, too. Um, Michigan's been a great story, and I can see Michigan beating Oregon. I can see it. I can't see either Oregon or Michigan beating Kansas. I agree. I, I think I just Kansas can't. beats both of these yeah. teams pretty easily. I, I think mean, so, too, but, man, Michigan's just – when they shoot, it is ridiculous. The, and Wagner's, the and Va- and Wagner's a matchup issue. Wagner. Mo Wagner. He is. He's, I mean, he's steps out and makes party. threes, and he can take you off the bounce with two long strides and go to the rim. Um, that's a matchup issue. The, the thing with Kansas is Frank Mason is phenomenal. Absurd. And, and Josh Jackson is awesome. Yeah. Like, and then they got how, and then how, they got athletes around that. How it, was it? Snow that said this. How is he not getting more love for the number one overall pick in the draft? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think people are, are joining that bandwagon pretty quickly. I think a lot of people are really high on him. He wouldn't be my number one overall guy, but if you told me he was yours, I'd be like, okay, I get. I mean, that. I, I would. Ball and Fultz, I think, are kind of transcendent in terms of because they're point guards and they have the ball in their hands. Yeah, mine would be Fultz and Tatum. I'd go Fultz and Tatum as my top two guys for the NBA. You wouldn't have Ball as one of your top two? Mm -mm. Would he be third? No, I'd probably do a Jackson before him. Okay. I, I like Ball. I think he. I think he's got a chance to be great. I don't. You know. I don't know. I think just his passing alone, man. Yeah. No, wait. I mean, he he he, he does pass. He's, the comparison has been made to Jason Kidd, and Jason Kidd was a more spectacular passer. I mean, he made some stuff that was just silly. I, um, I don't. And, I don't even know if I feel that way. Like I think Ball's as good of a passer as I've ever oh, seen. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Manny shoots much better than Jason. Well, that's Kidd, what I was gonna so. say. Jason Kidd, I think, was stronger getting to the rim. I mean, he was physically strong. Ball's more crafty getting the rim, and Ball is by far a better shooter. Yeah, by and, far. And Jason, and Jason Kidd, Kidd was he, a much better defender. When Jason Kidd came to the NBA, he couldn't shoot a three-point shot. It was a set shot that was just awful, for goodness right. sakes. But he was always a great passer and always very strong. The bottom bracket's what? the only one. The, the south. Uh, the south bracket's the only one that held up with the seeds. Where all four of the top four seeds are there um i i, I want to love carolina because i love a lot of things they do but they I, I don't think they get out i think the ucla kentucky winner beats them i really do and i think it's ucla i do but i think it's kentucky chad i'll stick i, I said kentucky originally i'll stick with kentucky but i i agree that i think whoever wins that game beats north carolina but it, it wouldn't surprise what me has happened north to carolina, carolina? nothing i mean what do you mean they're in the sweet 16 i think they're playing well, pretty they, well they shouldn't be yeah. I don't know that. You Joel Berry's play. playing on a bum ankle. I think Would, should, or could, but they're in the Sweet 16, my man. I know. Thanks to Bo Borowski. <laughs> and they uh, were in the national finals last year, so I, I don't think it's exactly a fluke. No, it's not a fluke. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, they just didn't didn't wow me What's so wrong much. with Carolina? I, they probably didn't take enough charges for your liking, but yeah. they're pretty good. No, I'm not telling you they're not good. I mean, they didn't. They got bounced in the in the, in the the ACC tournament. They got bounced. They, they should have gotten bounced by Arkansas. I mean, they really should have. Bad call. Two bad calls. Yeah, helped them along for goodness sake. They did get some help, but I, I, but, I, but I do think Kentucky, the Kentucky UCLA winner runs. All right, any, any, a final take from either one of you? Are we good? I, I mean, this is Coach K's worst coaching performance of his career, is it not? I, You've got nine McDonald's yeah. All Americans, yeah. and you can't figure out how to get that team rolling at any point against South freaking Carolina. But not just that; the whole season. 
You got him on track well, for two him, weeks? No, yeah, yeah that's, you got him on track for two weeks. I was going to say not at any point. Shout this. out to you. They took over the team for two weeks. Like, you couldn't figure out how to make that work. Is the one-and-done thing just not for Coach K? So you need to go back to four-year guys? good question. It's a very can he, good can question. he just not handle uh, a rotating roster like Cal does? I think that's I, starting to become more clear. The, the one, and I've said this before. The one thing I give Cal credit for is is – those guys buy into whatever he sells. I mean, every time through with a new group, I mean, they do. They most of them play hard. He holds them accountable. He 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 knows how to work that system. You're dead right. Um, and maybe K doesn't. Maybe he just doesn't. I mean, it's a really people talk about Cal not being next to those guys. You know how hard it is to flip your roster every year and get those guys to buy back in, figure out a new system well, that caters to those guys, and then also get them all to defend cohesively. And, and I would tell you, I mean, it's incredible. No, the, the other part too is when you have um, when you have older guys on your roster that have been through it, you're only teaching to, to two or three new guys every year your system, you're, 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 and you're bringing them usually along fairly slowly. Today's day and age is different. You're right. You're bringing a whole new crew, and you're literally almost starting from scratch with what you're trying to teach every single – that would almost be, to me, thinking about that would sounds exhausting, that it's not like you're refining some things for the older guys and, and you're just bringing the, the new guys along a little slower. You're having to start with those guys being well, key members from day one. That we, is very we, difficult. We mock the tweak and Camp Cal – but he legitimately, it seems like every year, halfway through, has to go, well, that wasn't working. Right. Let's do something, halfway let's through, something else. We saw in the SEC tournament, they yeah. were doing a lot of that baseline runner stuff, running everything through Monk. Then Monk goes cold. All of a sudden, in the NCAA tournament the other day, they're going back to the original dribble drive as much as they've ever done since he's been at Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, right. straight five out, right. well, one in a finisher one position, is, yeah, right. four out, and guards just weaving in and out trying to penetrate. Like It was classic dribble drive Cal offense that we saw at Memphis. We haven't seen that hardly all year from this UK team. Right. He's tweaking stuff. In the NCAA tournament, yeah. like he never stops tweaking with with these and, young teams. And, and Coach K, his his whole foundation has been four year guys, brotherhood. You learn my system. You learn my system. You become a slave to the process, for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> wow, it didn't. It wasn't how I. I no, we know. We know. Got it. Move on. Yeah. But. I mean that's that's how his coaching style has been for forty years, and, and and he realized he needed to to switch it to keep up. But I mean, other than Tatum, you know, Harry Giles didn't. No, he didn't. He never really clicked. Mm-mm. He got a little bit better as the season went on, and towards the end, he started to come on a little bit, but. Bolden, there's talk he's leaving. He's transferring. And the funny part, it almost felt like there weren't enough basketballs for them. And you can argue when you look at Kentucky, you'd say the same thing, but it never feels that way. No. It it really doesn't. The only thing with Kentucky is we thought they should feed Bam more, and then he started feeding Bam more. Yeah, and I think he even brought up in the press conference the other day, he said, how many of you in this room right now think we should get the ball to Bam more? And he even raised his hand, too. So, I mean, he knows. But but I think part of it, too, is... listens to the podcast. How you doing, Cal? Exactly. Everybody says that, like, oh, get the ball to Bam more, but, like, the defense knows that too. You know, yeah, what I mean? no, like right. teams are packing right. in and saying, "Why don't you make some jumpers, boys?" Yeah, like, right. you want to get it into Bam, sure. but we're going to crowd him sure. and not let you do that. We're going to slide double teams underneath him. So, I think teams are trying to take that away. And when they're doing all that to take him away, it makes it easier on other guys. So that's still that's working. Willis, but that's why Derek but, Willis gets open jump shots from the corner. But yeah. Cal knows how to handle the one and done system. I don't think K does. 
I just don't think. No, like I said, it just felt like it, it felt well, like for them there, there was there was just not enough basketballs to go around. Does he get held accountable for all these early exits? Like, do, no, no, because, because of the number of titles. I mean, no, and, right, and, wrong, and, and that's fair. Like that's fair. It's the NCAA tournament is the worst at figuring out who the best team in college basketball is. No it's question. a one game scenario. I understand that. So I'm not basing like everything should be based off the NCAA tournament. Um, that being said, but that is. is that is how we do this, though, in mm-hmm. college basketball. So if we're going to hold all these other coaches to all their early exits, his needs to start getting brought up a little bit more because that's becoming a trend at this and, point. And it's, it's not, not like, just a one-off. It's not like when he's gotten an eight or nine seed like like, like Izzo did this year. It's not yeah. like that. It's like two seed versus 15 seed, for goodness sakes, or in this case, two seed versus a very iffy seven seed. So, And that, that's been the case of late. So, yeah. All right. Anything else, boys? That's my final take. All right. I like it. Um, not really. Upset the UC season's over. It's a good season. It is, and, that, and I guess that's what that's that's why it, it sucks to think that that you're going to be defined. This team is going to be defined, right, wrong, or different. And this is not fair. And it goes back to what you just said, Rick. It's going to be defined as a team that lost in the second round of the tournament. Yeah. And well, it, and it, I think the other thing that probably stings for fans is that they didn't win. You know, they didn't win the conference. They didn't win the conference tournament. Like I've I've seen that brought up on Twitter a few times. And again, just, SMU was good. Like yeah. they, it's not. They went sixteen and two. They won thirty games. Right. Like yeah, I don't I don't think that should be fair. But like I agree, there it, 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 it is going to get brought up. Well, what's so. going to get brought up is X now had a better season than Cincinnati. Yeah, and in in a season where and. Two and a half weeks ago, nobody wanted the no X fans one didn't want to watch trade X. positions. Yeah, with, X fans didn't yeah. want to watch no, them. It right. was it was it was work. They had lost six in a row, and it was work. And you know, they they, they this is going to kill me. And Rick's going to be very happy right here. X got a great draw. UC got a terrible draw. <laughs> no, UC got a terrible draw. I mean, we we said I thought it was an awful draw. I, I said I that on air. I know. I know. You, I, I know. I know you guys are and, about it. and now X is moving on, and and UC's. Well, I, I just go back to I, I just I just hate that you're usually defined by by when you exit the NCAA tournament. And, I, and, I concur, and it and it just it, that's why it makes the regular season a lot of times unfortunately irrelevant, and that's not fair. Well, that's just how people consume college basketball because yeah, it's how this the NFL, NFL doesn't get over until February. No, you're and, right. You're right, and all of a sudden that's when you wake up and go, all right, college basketball season's about to start. But like the NFL is the same way, right? Like Marvin Lewis is defined by the fact that he You're can't right. win a playoff game, no matter despite, how good despite he's the fact done in the regular hard, season. Right. Despite so the fact of how hard is it to get the playoffs? This is how sports works, man. Like I it's know. it's not fun, and it maybe not be fair, but that's how it works. Yes. How about how about this? Yes. This this is the fourth time McCronin's advanced to the second round, or the fifth time he's advanced to the second round of the tournament. One or fourth, fifth. I don't know. It's a great stat. It's a great stat. <laughs> First time. UConn, national championship. Second time, Ohio State, final four. That was the Sweet 16, so it was the fourth time. The teams that, that have exited them, yes. four of the, the seven. Have gone on. And then Kentucky. Kentucky, the, the 2014 Kentucky team, yep. and now this UCLA team. These are going to win the national title, Rick. Or at least be in the final four. There you go. So, so you know what? We'll take the Kentucky pick out now. We'll put UCLA <laughs> just because of that. Just because of that great stat. All right, boys. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll be back uh, next week to uh, to break down the final four and maybe talk some coaching changes ahead. We'll see how that Green. goes. Yeah, we, we didn't we, even talk about that. Yeah, we'll get to we'll, we'll get to that maybe next week unless the job's filled by then. Nah, it won't be because Steve Alford will still be coaching. All right, have a great one. We'll be back next week for the podcast.